This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Welcome to the program Warning with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. Today's message was recorded March 11, 2006. Dr. Hansen and Associate Pastor Ty Gullstrom share the message, Defilement and the Consequences. Now, let's begin. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Last night, my wife and I were talking, and on the heels of this class, the Lord really spoke to me about some issues in my life. And one of the things he talked to me about, and then one of the main emphasis of this class was defilement. And I don't know how you want to talk about defilement. We could probably talk about it for quite some time, but when I think of defilement, I think of uncleanliness. I think of spiritual defecation, spiritual, those things that are nasty, those things you don't want to talk about, that defilement that comes into our life. And there's plenty of things in this world that want to defile us, isn't there? I mean, I don't have to look too hard to find things that try to defile me, right? And I was talking to my wife last night. I, said, I was telling tomorrow. I said, tomorrow, in many ways, I've been so unproactive in my walk with the Lord. I walk around assuming that things aren't defiling me. I walk around and I, and I entertain things or I see things or I witness to things that are very defiling, but myself, I just sometimes just allow them to come upon me and I keep moving on. But I never allow the Lord and give opportunity enough, I think, for him to evaluate the defilement that is coming in my life. You can be minding your own business and being led by the Lord and things can come across to you and try to defile you. Do you understand that? You don't have to in yourself be purposely going out and doing things that are against the will of God for your life to be defiled. You can be doing the will of God and people can try to defile you and bring things upon you that would sow a seed within you. And I told my wife last night, I said, Tamara, I have not been proactive enough in my life because who's the ones that's going to show us the defilement? If there's something that happened during that day that caused contamination or defilement to come upon you, it's the Lord that needs to show you, Amen. And you have to put yourself in a position for the Lord to show you. And I was reminded of the Old Testament of the morning and the evening sacrifice and how it might relate to the Christian walk today. In the Old Testament, they had a a morning sacrifice and they had an evening sacrifice. And in our lives as Christians, it says here in verse 1 of chapter 12, it says to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Everyone say, I am a sacrifice. sacrifice. You are the sacrifice. You are the spiritual sacrifice. You are to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Amen? That's better than a dead sacrifice. Say, praise the Lord. You can offer yourself a living sacrifice. Doesn't that not make sense? Sacrifice is what? They're living at one time, but they're always dead, right? But in Jesus Christ, He is the sacrifice. Therefore, when you offer yourself as a sacrifice, you're always a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. You will never be a dead sacrifice because he paid the death. He is the sacrifice for you and for me. So every time you offer yourself, you offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And praise the Lord, when you walk off that altar, you're still alive. Hallelujah. 
But there still is a command here. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. Paul is saying here by the Spirit of God to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And I'm reminded about the Old Testament, the morning and the evening sacrifice. And the Lord has been challenging me as He's done in the past. He's saying, Ty, why don't you offer yourself in the morning as a morning sacrifice? Why don't you come before me, present yourself before me, and say, Lord, I have this day. I recognize that I'm in a spiritual battle. I recognize that there are principalities and powers out there that would love to defile me. Why? Well, as this class taught you, when you go through that process of defilement, you start in the area of confusion, don't you? And whenever you're in an area of confusion, it is very difficult to be led by the Spirit of God. It is very hard to hear His voice. It is very hard to be able to discern the will of God for your life. And that confusion will continue to the end point of deception in your life. But it always starts out as a defilement. And one thing I want to bring to light is defilement can be passive. Defilement can come into your life. People can speak curses over you. Do you understand that? That's the truth. You can speak blessings or you can speak cursings. And we need to be a people that offer ourselves in the morning to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, here I am. I recognize that I'm in a spiritual battle and I need your help. I lay myself down on that altar and I say, Lord, would you help me today? I dedicate this day to you. I, in accordance with Scripture, am offering myself, I'm offering my body as a living sacrifice today. Would you help me today? But I believe equally as important, perhaps the one that has not done as much in our lives, is the evening sacrifice. That evening sacrifice is that time where you do the same thing. You come to Christ and you offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And you say, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, that you led me and guide me. I did recognize that I was in a spiritual battle. Lord, would you show me anything that happened today that might have brought defilement upon my life? Anything that I engaged with, any conversation that was unholy, was there any area of gossip or slander or backbiting or factions? We're all guilty of those from time to time. Hallelujah. Isn't that the truth? And to pretend like we don't do those things is deception in our own life. We need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, will you evaluate this day for me? My heart is deceivably wicked. I will justify my own sin. I will cover my own sin. But you will reveal my sin because you love me. Lord, I come to you this evening after my day is concluded. I say, Lord, would you show me any area of this day that I have got myself into defilement and uncleanliness? Amen? Because what happens, if, if you can allow the Lord, if you give opportunity for the Lord to speak to you in that evening sacrifice time, then that defilement that perhaps you might have got into that day, if you don't deal with it, it doesn't just go away because you ignore it. Yeah? If you just ignore it and don't allow the Lord to show you those areas of that day, it doesn't just go away, but it will compound itself and lead you on that pathway that leads to deception. It will bring confusion into your life. And so can I encourage you, as the Lord has encouraged me, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Do a morning sacrifice. Spend time with the Lord in the morning and say, Lord, this is the day that you have made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. Would you help me today, Lord? Would you give me wisdom and discernment today? Would you help me, Lord God, to have red flags if there's things that are going on that I should be uncomfortable with? Lead me by your Holy Spirit today. I need you, Holy Spirit of God, today. I cannot do it without you. Offer yourself as a morning sacrifice to the Lord. But can I also encourage you to offer yourself as an evening sacrifice? Would you spend some time with the Lord at the culmination of your day? Perhaps after the children have been tucked into bed. In those evening hours, it doesn't have to be long, but just enough time that you can allow the Holy Spirit to evaluate your day. Because if there's a token of defilement, that could lead to confusion. Wouldn't you want to take care of it today? Dr. Mike, I'm just seeing dentist analogies coming at me left and right here. You know what I'm saying? It's that prevention thing, isn't it? We, on a daily basis, as a dentist, and as people that take the recommendation of a dentist, if you'll do those things on a daily basis, the recommendation of a dentist is not to spend time with the Lord or not to brush your teeth once a week. 
But it's what? It's morning and it's evening and it's, it's, it's getting all that decay and the nastiness of the day off your teeth. But in the same way, we can do that spiritually. We got to recognize that we are in a battle. Amen. It is a battle to be a Christian. We have all the victory in Jesus Christ, but we have to play by the rules of the Lord. You must abide in Him. You must be cleansed by Him. You must be empowered by Him. You must remain in Jesus Christ. And so likewise, when we present ourselves in the morning and throughout the day, but also in the evening, we allow the Lord to find defilement, to find areas where we didn't do it right, and say, Lord, would you forgive me and cleanse me from that? Because what happens in our life is if we don't allow the Lord to do that, we don't give him permission and authority to speak into our life. And we might go through a whole day when we got into a couple of conversations that were defiling, but we're never convicted by it. Why? Because he's not going to push you. He's not going to force conviction upon you. You've got to put yourself in a position and say, Lord, I give you permission to evaluate my day, to evaluate my heart. I know it's deceivably wicked, Lord, so I'm not going to judge it on my own. I'm going to say, Lord, would you judge my heart right now? Would you show me? Would you convict me about anything today that happened that might have brought defilement into my life? And then he'll be faithful to reveal it. And all you have to do is say, yes, I acknowledge it. I agree with it. I repent of it. And he cleanses you. Amen? And then you go to sleep that night undefiled. Hallelujah. That's the best kind of sleep. Amen? Undefiled. There ain't things working. You've put on. That's the responsibility of putting on that armor properly. Recognizing that we're in a spiritual battle. Paul, through the Holy Spirit, commands us to offer our lives, our bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Amen? That's your worship. Worship is not just coming together on a weekend with some brothers for half an hour, an hour. Your worship is when you flow in obedience to the Word of God. When you offer yourself as a sacrifice, that is worship unto the Lord. we got to get beyond the understanding that worship is a song. That is only a part of worship. Worship is really obedience to the will of God for your life. He desires to cleanse you. He desires to show and to reveal things in your life. He doesn't want you to go to the place of confusion because he knows that when you're in confusion, you can't hear his voice. And that's what he wants for your life is to be able to have communion and intimacy with him. He doesn't want you in confusion. But confusion comes after defilement has set in. Let's give the opportunity for the Lord to show us on a daily basis. Make a commitment in your heart. I'm going to make a morning sacrifice and I'm going to be an evening sacrifice and I'm going to give opportunity for the Lord to judge my day, to show me, to reveal any areas in my life. Verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now one thing that I think is true in this passage, almost everybody knows Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. But if you try to do verse 2 without doing verse 1, it will never happen. You cannot do verse 2. You cannot be conformed to Jesus Christ. You cannot cut off the influences of this world. If you go about and don't present yourself as a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ, you will be conformed by this world. There is no doubt about it. You will be defiled. There will be curses spoken over against you. That is a guarantee. We are in a battle. You cannot do the command and the will of God in verse 2 to be severed from the ideologies and the worldviews and the nonsense and the defilement and the garbage of this world if you do not present yourself as a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. It cannot be done. You cannot protect your mind. You cannot protect your heart. He has to do it, but you have to allow him to do it. My mind needs to be conformed to the will of God. 
and so does yours. Doesn't it? There are two spiritual beings that are after your minds. Lucifer and Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to transform your mind into the will of God. Lucifer wants to defile your mind and lead you on a pathway of confusion that leads to spiritual deception. As long as you cannot hear and discern the will of God for your life, Lucifer is very happy. Yeah? He wants to defile your mind. He doesn't want you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Why? Because you're putting yourself in a position to hear the voice of God. And when you hear the voice of God, there is not confusion. That is lights coming upon darkness and cleansing you and restoring you. Hallelujah. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. What is the will of God? You will never know the will of God apart from offering yourself as a living sacrifice. You won't know what's good and acceptable and perfect in the eyes of God apart from offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Amen? We must do that. We must offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. You know, I've been decent, I think, over the years at acknowledging and and needing the presence of God in the morning. A lot of times I do it on my drive into work. It's about a 20-minute drive, and I spend some time reflecting on the day and and asking the Lord to help me as I interact with patients that day. And and a lot of times when I'm going home, I'll say, Lord, would you help me now to minister to my family? This is my second job. I've taken care of the easy stuff. You know, the medicine, that's easy. But now I have to minister to my family. Now I have to be able to meet their needs and discern their needs. That's harder. That's a harder job. That takes more of me. Lord, would you help me? I do that pretty decently. But you know what I don't do? I don't at the end of the day reflect and say, Lord, now judge me. Judge me, Lord. I want you to be my judge. I want you to show me. I want you to reveal my heart to me. He desires to do that for the sake of what? For the sake of relationship and intimacy with you. That's why he'll speak into your life because he wants nothing in your heart or your mind that would keep you from intimacy with him. He is jealous for you. He desires you. Therefore, he'll reveal any defilement in your life. I don't do that very good. But the Lord has challenged me through this class in recognizing defilement and deception and how easy they come into our lives. Dr. Sedler talked about times when he would be or his wife would be in a conversation around someone that was violent or very antagonistic. And she would come home and she'd just feel defiled. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're around someone that's just so opposite of the Spirit of God and you just walk away just kind of feeling slimy, feeling nasty. There's times where his wife would come home and say, man, I was in this conversation today and I feel defiled by it. Would you pray over me a cleansing prayer? Because I feel violated. That happens all the time. We have got to watch out also about the things that we allow ourselves to see and hear and participate in. This is called Christian responsibility, amen? You know, when I reflect on the negatives of television and those types of things, what does the Christian media say? Christian says, well, how much language does it have in it? How much nudity does it have in it? Oh, no nudity and no foul language. Okay, we can watch it. You know what? That's why I'm concerned about those things. I'm concerned about the nudity. I'm concerned about the profanity. But you think, you know what I'm more concerned about than those two things? I'm concerned about how they model interaction between a child and their parents. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about how they're interacting with one another. I'm concerned about the amount of gossip and amount of slander that goes on in these seemingly innocent things that have no profanity and no nudity. See, I think the Christian church overall has missed something here. What I like to see is, you know how they have the, the, the ratings for it? You know, no profanity or no nudity. How about gossip and slander and backbiting? Because that's what's destroying our churches, right? Yeah, I don't see too much nudity destroying our churches. I don't see too much profanity, swearing and cussing, destroying our churches. What I see destroying our churches is the the runaway conversation, right? And I believe that Hollywood and everything that's promoted pretty much on television, most of the relationships are not in accordance with the will of God. You're not seeing the respect and and the humbleness and the meekness and the brokenness. Those things aren't modeled on these innocent shows. I'm concerned about my child watching that. 
Are you? <laughs> but can I challenge you, parents? Get beyond profanity and nudity. If you're going to screen something for your children, get beyond profanity and nudity. How is the child treating mom and dad? Because if you allow them on a consistent basis to watch programs in which the child is rebellious towards authority, rebellious towards mom and dad, then you're going to see those things. That is defilement. That is defilement in your home. And it will contaminate your children. And that contamination always spreads like decay. It will increase. It will infect other people in your family. Mom and dad, we are gatekeepers, amen? We are gatekeepers to our families. We have control. The television never turns on automatically, amen? It's like patients I have at work. I'll sometimes kid with them if I feel like I have that much leeway with them. I'll say, how did that food get in your mouth? They'll say, man, I can't believe I gained two pounds over this last month. I said, I can't believe it either. That thing must be jumping right off the plate into your mouth. But I only say it with a few patients, the ones that we have this kind of chiding relationship with. But isn't it true? The television never just pops on. Oh, I couldn't control it. I couldn't get out of my seat. My hands were paralyzed. I had to watch that show. Right? No one ever, it doesn't automatically turn on. You don't get paralyzed and you're forced to watch whatever came on the boob tube. Right? Amen? We are gatekeepers. Everything that goes into your child, in your domain, in your home, you have control almost all of it. Almost all of it. So if your children become defiled, do you know who you should blame? (laughs) You! I should blame me. If I, my children get defiled in my domain, on my watch, who is guilty? Me. I am guilty. I got to take a responsibility. I got to rise up. I can't say, oh, it's rated G. It must be okay. You know, they can make cartoons where the children usurp authority. Right? And they do. Don't just get caught up on the ratings. Don't just get caught up on, oh, it's this, this, this. Oh, it's this Winnie the Pooh or it's this, this. you got to recognize that man has made that cartoon and he will do whatever he wants with it. And how much do we see defilement and new age that's put into these cartoons? Be a gatekeeper, would you? Because for your own life as an adult, you have responsibility for yourself to be a living sacrifice. But for your children... They have not yet learned or not the point of accountability to be living sacrifices on their own. You must help them to be a living sacrifice. Whether your children are a living sacrifice is really symbolic of you. Yeah? And so the Lord has convicted me in these areas. I need to be more proactive because I am not going to judge things rightly if I don't allow the Lord to judge me, the Lord to evaluate me, the Lord to cleanse me. Yeah? Parents, are you out there? Parents with young children, are you out there? Let us rise up in faithfulness and protect our children so they can be living sacrifices. They are to be living sacrifices and we can help them. Whose responsibility is it? Is it the church's responsibility? Is it the Christian school's responsibility? It is our responsibility as parents to be defenders of the ears and the eyes of our children. In the past, we've had one of the, I don't know what we could call it, admonitions that we've had as a church is we have strongly encouraged parents not to let their children go to movies. Why? Our desire and our heart and our motive was very pure. Why? Because we knew that there was so much defilement. There is so much defilement. You have to, it is so difficult to go to a movie and not be defiled. And my question is this. If you go to a movie or you watch a television program and at the end of the program you have to ask the Lord to decontaminate you, can I say that maybe you shouldn't have watched that program? You know what I'm saying? It's like the people at my, my, my patients. They say, just give me the Lipitor, then I can eat whenever I want. Right? Just give me the cholesterol-lowering medicine, then I don't have to watch what I eat. That's kind of the philosophy of America today is, you know, I can watch it, then I'll just purify, I'll cleanse myself. The Lord might be saying, how about some preventive medicine? How about to prevent yourself? And so there's so much defilement and so much contamination that goes out in the media today. It is easier just to say, forget it. 
But the bottom line is, the church cannot be the parents. The Bible commands you, mom and dad, to train up your child in the way he or she should go. And so as a spiritual ministry council, we have talked about this issue. And now our encouragement to, to parents is, you must take responsibility. You must take responsibility for your children. Whatever age they are, it doesn't matter if they're one, it doesn't matter if they're 20. If they're still in your domain, you're responsible. Amen? We are here to encourage you, to strengthen you, but we must empower you to make this decision now. There's a season and a time where we strongly encourage not to watch any movies. Our position now as a spiritual ministry council is we strongly encourage you, mom and dad, to make the decision for your child. Amen? So we, have, we want to encourage you, mom and dad, that you must make the decision now for your children. Not just movies out in the theater, but the movies that you bring in. You must be the gatekeeper. And one thing that I encourage you, and the reason that I wanted to, to share in Romans 12 is, you must present, mom and dad, I'm talking to you, you must present yourself as a living sacrifice. You must do these types of things. You must allow the Lord to cleanse you because then you will be able to know the will of God, the perfect will of God for your family. It says you will only be able to do that. You will only know the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect, only if you offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And so, Mom and Dad, can I encourage you to put yourself in a position of cleansing for the sake of yourself, but for the sake of your children, so you can prove and know and accept what the will of God is for you and your children. Amen? You are the gatekeeper. God has given you that responsibility. The church and the ministry will be here to help support you in it. But I'll tell you one thing. If you come to us, probably one of the first questions we may ask you is how much defilement do you think your child is getting if you come to us with a problem, right? If you went to the dentist, the thing they're going to ask you if you've got a bunch of decay, they're going to start asking about your living style and your eating habits, Right? And they might ask you to make some modifications in that. And as a spiritual ministry counselor and leaders that we love you so much and care about you, if there's a problem with the child, these are some of the areas that we're going to investigate and encourage you to make the right choice. Encourage you to evaluate how much defilement's coming into their life, which brings confusion and at the end, deception. But we empower you, mom and dad. We empower you to make this choice for your children, for your family. Amen? You must decide, mom and dad, as an adult, what you, yourself, are going to allow yourself to hear and to see. Because that is the model that your children will take. Yeah? Don't get defiled yourself, mom and dad, and then try to lay down a groundwork of, no, I can't let you watch that, son or daughter. you got to represent. you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. So again, Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brethren by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Praise the Lord. Let us offer ourselves as a morning and an evening sacrifice. Let the Lord empower your day. And at the end of the day, let him evaluate your day and your heart so you can go to bed that night as a living sacrifice cleansed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have Pastor Hanson come and share a few words. As Ty shared, then our position is not to tell people, parents or children, not to go to movie theaters or bring these movies into your homes, our position is you have to make your own choice. And you have to uh, be prepared for the consequence on what you do. I think he's shared it pretty well on the defilement. I really believe that most people, this last course was extremely, extremely important on defilement, this last course on we just finished, on deception and how it comes about. And Sedler was such a good professor. And he made it so very clear that most people have no concept how they're being defiled every single day of their life. They have no idea 
how they're being defiled every day of their life. That most Christians and churches in every church are constantly in defilement every day and don't recognize it or realize it. But then the way they receive from God is very tainted. And that's how the devil separates each other. I mean, he obviously dealt strongly on the words we speak. And he gave so many examples. I mean, he spoke 10 hours, but it was solid 10 hours. Usually the book is sometimes even better than the professor. Well, this time the lecturer was better than the book. And this is a great book. It's such a good book that not only did we offer it, but we are pushing it to get in every church. We can have influence on television, radio, everything we do. We're pushing to get the book into the pastor's hands so the pastor can get it into his people's hands. Because just in the last two weeks, I heard of four church splits. I met with 12 key leaders in Seattle two days ago, and I'll be speaking in some other churches. I'm talking about large churches, a thousand and above. This is a problem everywhere. As Ty was speaking, as you parents, if you control what your children watch and what they don't watch, obviously you're, you're the bad guy. But authority is always the bad guy. You know, if children vote about you, you're always going to be the bad guy and you're a controller, you're a manipulator, or you're this or you're that. And there's no way to avoid it in leadership. Luann is the bad guy in her office with her staff. Mike is the bad guy in his office with his Every senior pastor is betrayed once a month. They gave me a quote on an average. You're the bad guy because there's certain rules and regulations, and that's the way it is with authority. If you're a counselor and you take a vote with the children, the parents are the bad guy. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, what I'm saying is that Vic has, you know, that your office has rules and stuff. Every office has let staff go because they didn't want to comply. But the problem is they go out of the staff meeting and, and they say a word to another person and to another person, and pretty soon the whole place is contaminated with words, and now they look at Vic a little different. We've got to be honest, don't we? If we want to stay away from defilement. But this is a major problem, is people speaking when they're not supposed to. And it's wrecking and destroying the church. Like I said, in the last two weeks, I've talked to four pastors that their churches are being split. To me, that's just sad. I've been an assistant pastor several times, and I know, just like at Beacon University, I'm on their board now and, and their missions board also. And We'll go to the table, and we'll be able to discuss. And I've been on so many boards in the last 20 years on staffs, and I can air whatever I want to air there. And, and I, I air what I want to air. But once the decision is made, that's it. I walk out. And I don't say another word. I don't go to another assistant pastor like at Beacon University and say, you know, and I didn't like that. It's over. It's been agreed upon. The decision's made. It's over. I don't come back and say, I didn't agree with three of these ten points. No, I back all ten because that's what was decided by the leadership. And to say anything else, as Dr. Sedler points out, is... That's what causes Absalom's, and that's what caused Moses to die in the wilderness, and that's what causes church splits. And there's a total undermining authority on television, on everything you do. Whether it's police, they're mocking the police. I mean, they get a big fat cop, and the kids are making fun of him. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's cutting across authority on everything, isn't it? Isn't there a total undermining of authority? Come on. You know there is. If you've raised a kid, your authority has been undermined a lot. And that's just the truth. How is it undermined? Well, one is it's undermined by the siblings. They, you know, brothers and sisters undermine you. Another way it's undermined, if they go to school, even the school has undermined the authority of parents. This is what we're talking about, the defilement to the point that those that God has placed in positions of authority no longer have influence because it's been defiled to the point that there's lawlessness and rebellion, and the innocent suffer. Frankly, that's so why I'm so glad that I'm ordained with an outside body other than just our ministry. And I've been ordained for, I think, over 20 years now. Because talk is one thing. Now we've got everybody on our staff either credentialed or in the process. That's a pastor. Why? Well, because then, if there's unhealthy talk, the assembly flies in and removes them publicly. 
I've always been ordained. Why? Because if I'm in real sin, other than a difference of opinion on how we lead or something, make a complaint to my supervisor and I lose my credentials if it's found that I'm guilty of sin. But if it's found that you just can't follow authority, I'm afraid they're going to embarrass you publicly. Does it make sense? Praise the Lord. I think that's healthy. Do you understand what I'm saying? It presents undue speculation and gossip. A person credentialed cannot engage in sin. We're talking about sins unto death or even unethical behaviors. You get in trouble. And that's so healthy for a church and a ministry. And I'm so glad for that. But we've got to be careful what we listen to, what we watch. Amen? I know if, if I was in a corporate body, in a business, and if I was leading the staff, and I know that at this next board meeting I go to tomorrow, if, like I said, we'll, we'll make decisions, and it's a large board, it's a university. I can't remember how many I counted on it, but it was quite a lot. I can discuss anything I want to there, but if I go out and start to criticize Dr. Cottle, I'll be removed the first day. I mean, it's over. It's done. We share our opinion at the board. But other than that, once the decision's made, man, I back it 100%. Because once the decision has been made, I'm under that authority, I'm under that leadership, I'm privileged to be part of that vision, and I'm backing the vision and backing that authority, and in no way am I going to say a negative word or criticize. See, I'm under Dr. Cottle's authority. I would lose my position. I'm ordained with the assemblies. I would lose my credentials. It's just I cannot speak my own view when I leave that boardroom. I back the authority. Does that make sense? Amen? Amen. And so this is how parents are being totally undermined constantly on what they watch on television. It's so dangerous. I'm not saying there's something good that's not on. I'm just saying you got to be careful and take it carefully, whether you watch it on television, whether you bring the movies into your home, whether you go to movie theaters, because the independent spirit and the American way and gossip, we don't even know the definition of gossip anymore. We have no concept of gossip. It's rampant. You sit over coffee, cake, and gossip. You sit over pie and gossip. And we don't even recognize it. But it's always talking about somebody in a negative wave which tarnishes their reputation, which if they're not there, not a word should be spoken. Not a word should be spoken. I know this course convicted us all. I know in our ministry and in church and, you know, nobody should talk about somebody else, not any negative word about somebody else unless that person is there. And then you don't want to say anything negative you want to say it to them to help them encourage them and not to embarrass them. You, you don't want to embarrass one another. You want to encourage and help to help them move better with Jesus Christ. But we're never, never should be ever saying anything. If you don't agree with somebody anywhere, don't ever say it to another person. It's wrong. It never helps relationships. It's a breach. It separates people. Amen? Praise the Lord. I think we can all back that. If somebody is constantly talking about somebody else and, and they just won't stop, and then finally, you know, the leadership team will say, please don't talk about somebody else. And if they keep doing it, obviously, then as Dr. Sedler says, we have to finally avoid that person because it's totally out of Scripture and it's not healing and restoring and encouraging. It's dividing the brethren, and that's what separates churches. So it's your responsibility, what you do, what you watch on television, if you go to movie theaters as adult or children, it's your responsibility. But I do think it's so important to understand, I know Dr. Dobson is talking heavily on family matters too. In fact, I was with some people that worked for Dr. Dobson a couple days ago, and uh, we've got to be so careful because everything is against the values of Jesus Christ, the movies, the, the ray, everything is against the values of God. And we become defiled, and we don't recognize it. Because we're supposed to transform our mind with the Word of God. Instead, everything is there to reprogram the way you think and act and behave. 
And all of it is undermining authority, either the parents' authority, the police authority. Ministers in the movie theaters are really looked bad at, as you know. They make us all look ignorant and silly and stupid and whatever. I mean, every movie just about does that, just about, doesn't it? They totally undermine church authority, don't they? I don't know too many movies that really back us. If you do, I'd like to see that one. Please let me know. Then we can recommend it if they really back the church. But uh, most of them make us look very negative. You know, like we're out of touch of reality. We're weird. We're two centuries ago, 20 centuries ago. We're fanatic. We're not looked very well in the news because they're pushing homosexuality. They're pushing abortion. So everything defiles us, doesn't it? You bet it does. I think we can honestly say that if you really want to be honest. The television, the media defiles Christians. It makes us look weird. And so that's the caution. If you're trying to teach your kids values and beliefs, and, but you let them watch anything they want and you take them to the movie theaters and watch anything you want there, and then you wonder why I have no influence over my kid, it's because everything they watched taught them to go against you. Taught them to challenge your authority. Taught them to talk about you. And if they don't like authority, to rebel. Or to run away or something. Everything is against authority. Everything is against authority. Some of the things we even discussed about in leaders a couple days ago in Seattle. Because every church is having the same problem. Every church. There's a problem right now with authority. In a wrong way, it's hurting the churches. And every church, they're having problems with the youth. And this is something we're discussing as leaders when we get together. Our churches are under siege. I'm talking about all of the churches, people. Why do you think that is? Don't you think maybe it's because everybody is listening to the media and watching the media and they're developing their values and they're developing their defilement and, and the churches are a mess. Because we are not the gatekeepers in our churches anymore. Do you think so? If the church comes strong on these issues and if they say, don't do it at all, then you're controlling the people. But if the parents say, don't do it, the children are going to say, you're controlling me, mom and dad. The reality is authority is always controlling. Thank God for authority. It would be in chaos. I go to nations that there is no authority. And let me tell you, we wouldn't be here worshiping God. Because some religious fanatic group would come in and slaughter you. But authority is always controlling. It's always manipulating because it always comes against selfishness. When children grow up, I know I went back and apologized to my dad. He was a good pastor and a good, he kept me out of jail and that kind of thing. I never got drunk, nothing. But he was controlling and he had rules and he enforced them. And, but it kept me safe and I grew up not getting into real trouble. I've never spent a, a day of my life in jail or prison or nothing. Never spoke a package of cigarettes, never drank a six-pack of beer, never committed sex with anyone that's not my wife. He kept me out of trouble. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I sure thought he was controlling growing up. But somebody's got to be in control. Without control, there's chaos. And people end up in deception in a lot of real problems. I know teachers are controlling. Every student would complain that their teacher is controlling. You know, my daughter is no different than any other kid. I mean, she's not a perfect little girl that never complains. She's a normal little girl. And we've got to constantly help her to respect authority. There's once or twice over the last few years I got caught up where I have to later on repent because you listen to something and then you go, well, that's not right. But you know, I only heard it from her. I didn't hear it from the teacher. You catch what I'm saying? But I get upset because how she says it. And then I go talk to the teacher and I feel pretty embarrassed. And I don't do that anymore. If I hear something, if it upsets me, okay, let's go talk to the teacher, you and me. And she don't want to do that. Why? Because it's a tainted story. You catch what I'm saying? If one of you wants to come and talk to me about anybody here, you know, I don't want to hear it because it's really a tainted story. You should talk to only that person. And if you refuse, then I would make that person and you and me sit down and talk. Then the whole story will come out. 
And if you keep talking about somebody else and won't stop, we'll just have to avoid you because you're hurting the brother and you're not helping or healing or restoring. And I don't want anyone talking about anybody. It's just painful. It's hurting. It's not right. It doesn't heal relationships. There's a good way to keep relationships and families with parents and children and schools and churches and businesses and offices. Amen? There's a proper way, a good way. And that's what we want to do. Isaiah 55, 1 through 2 says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the riches of fare. Come all you are thirsty and come to the waters. Again, I'm just going on that theme of Pastor Ty of, of being a good gatekeeper to meditate on good things, to talk on good things, to spend the time with the Word of God, time with other gifts of ministry like classes. And this Professor Sedler was just fantastic. And he's real passionate about what he taught. The reason for it is he belonged to a church for, I think it's 27 years, and it went up to a powerful church of 800. Six of them were on six assistants. But they didn't do what we just said as far as, you know, people were talking and not one with another only, but that church went down to 50 and all six assistants let off staff because they can't afford to pay their salaries. And that one time was a very powerful church. And I know God's, God's heart breaks. God, God's heart breaks. It breaks. It just breaks. My heart breaks if two or three are, you know, we lose two or three people or families, but can you imagine 750? And if you're the senior pastor of 27 years, I think that'd take me to my grave. I think that would take me to my grave. I don't know if I could handle it. It would be so hard because pastors love their people. Parents love their people. And if, you, if you're a parent and if you've done your best and you've done a, you've done a pretty good job, I mean, there's no parent that's perfect. And then, then you have your children and because the free will is always there and they've been defiled by getting involved in other things you said don't. And, and now they, they don't even want to listen to you and they, they go out of your house and they, and they don't want to see you. Your heart breaks, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I know my heart sure breaks for parents that way and my heart would break for my own children and it's just sad because we love our children. Pastors love the flock because that's their children. I don't know what I would do if 800 people and 750 I lost from defilement, from just people that were not mature enough. I think it would literally take me to my grave. So my heart really went out to that senior pastor. I just uh, could very well feel for him and feel his pain and just really, really I just really feel, I, I still feel bad for him, and it's been a little while since I heard the story. I mean, it's been about three or four or five days, and I just really feel for this man. This happened to him about six months ago. Defilement. All who are thirsty, come to the waters, and who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. See, we don't have to pay. To, we don't have to pay to be with Jesus. You, don't have, you have to pay to go to a movie theater and you don't know what you're going to see, but you don't have to pay to come to Jesus every day. You've got the inspired word of God. You've got Jesus right there with you, amen? You've got your Bibles. That's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit written down in written form. It's Jesus. It's the inspired inspiration of the Holy Spirit written down on paper. And we don't even have to pay money. We just have to come to him. And let him cleanse us and heal us. Heal us is very important. Every person here, I think we're always in a constant need of healing, aren't we? I believe that. Because one, we're all being defiled no matter what you do. Even if you don't watch any movies or any theaters or nothing, you've got to live in life and, and everything is, is against the values of Jesus. Isn't it? So you're being defiled. You need healing. You need healing. And then... Obviously, if you're a parent or you're over businesses or whatever you're over, you got to keep guarding your heart. you got to keep guarding your heart just as people. 
that no matter if people do the wrong thing and they do talk, guard your heart, turn the other cheek, forgive, 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 forgive. Don't ever get caught back in returning evil for evil. If somebody comes, you just say, I don't want to talk about it. I want to only talk to this person. If they come and say, this person said this, it's not wrong to say that's not true. I did not say that, but I want to talk to this person. Amen? Amen? Because relationships have been separated. All of you have lost friends. All of you, as you've lived your life by people talking something that you never said, never thought. He gave a good illustration. He spoke a story, and there was four people. He told this one person something, and they passed it on, passed it on, passed it on, passed it on. And then the fourth person got up and repeated what the first, he told the first person, and it was totally different. Totally different. How we listen, how we communicate, how our mind responds, how we think. I know Theo Fostick brought that out very, very well if you've studied the book. And you can swear that this is what the person said, and that's not what they said, or that's not how they meant it, or nothing else. How you thought was different than what they thought. But by the time you keep repeating it, that's why hearsay is never admitted in a court. It's not the truth by the time this other person comes and tells it's not the truth. Does it make sense? Haven't you been victimized as parents with children? If you have more than one, somebody runs and, so-and-so, mommy, Johnny said this. and, And mommy said, I didn't say that. We've all been victimized that growing up and all through our life with different people that have said different things, and it's not what we said. That's how we're defiled. Nebuchadnezzar, I preached out of it last week. Nebuchadnezzar, it was a great because, you know, the fiery furnace, and, and we're going through the fire different times in our life. But the point was, Jesus, there you go, you got it, my Lord, you got it. Jesus is in the fire. So now, no matter how hard the situation is, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fiery furnace. No stench, no smell. They weren't scorched. Jesus was in the fire. That's a great encouragement, no matter what you're going through. And we're all going through different things in this room, everyone at different stages of your life. Jesus is there. And that's something I hold on to. Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Nebuchadnezzar, the Chaldeans, if you know the story, they gossiped to him about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, if you know the story, why did the Chaldeans gossip, say things to get him in trouble? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were Hebrews. They were slaves, and they were brought here, and the Chaldeans lived there, and they were jealous because these slaves now were getting more attention by the king. And so they wanted to get rid of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when the king heard what these Chaldeans said, they rose up in rage and threw them into the furnace. Well, that was a bad mistake. He listened to hearsay and gossip. He became defiled. In other words, his emotions, he's mad. Oh, my goodness. But he never found out if it was true. He throws them into the furnace. They don't die. He says, okay, God is real, but he doesn't repent. And what does it do? He turns into an animal for seven years and eats grass. And man, I do not want to ever become defiled. That's why we got to guard our heart. I don't want to listen, third say information, only the person. Because I do not want to have wrong emotions or wrong feelings or wrong judgments. And then there's repercussions like Dr. Sedler said. And he gave 10 hours of examples of the repercussions all through the Bible. I have a destiny. Do you have a destiny? Amen. I am not going to let somebody defile me. I'm going to listen to only that person, or if, and we should only listen to that person, nobody else. We cannot draw an opinion. It's wrong. Scripture says it. Do not be defiled. There are repercussions. It'll interfere with your destiny. Keep your heart right. People want to keep defiling you and saying all manner of evil. Okay, keep your heart right. He did it to Jesus all his life. That's why he went to the cross. He was framed. He kept his heart right. And he brought salvation to you and I. Now, he could have lost his cool along the way. Says, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm not going to go to the cross. I'm going to bring judgment. Slaughtered them all. But he would have. We would have lost our, our relationship with him, our salvation. He didn't do that. He kept his heart right, right up to the cross where he still didn't return evil for evil. And we have our salvation. But he was certainly defiled. The only way that he was sentenced to death is because they brought false witnesses against him. 
but he did not return evil for evil. And that's the beautiful thing, amen? Let's not do it. Keep your heart right. Keep your heart right with your children if, if they're lying about you or hurting you or, or whatever they're doing to you. Whether they're young or old or, or 40 or 30 or 20 or whatever. This is a message that I'm sharing throughout the world. Keep your heart right when people defile you. Keep your heart right whether you have a, a child that's 25, 30 and, or, or 22 and you're the enemy or, or they're speaking wrong of you or whatever. And even though you might have tried your very best, maybe you didn't do everything perfectly growing up, but man, now you've tried everything to heal and restore and you've asked them to forgive you and whatever you've done and keep your heart right with them. Don't return evil for evil. Don't lose your patience. Keep your heart right and let love always be there. And that's the best chance we have to win them back. Don't return evil for evil for anybody. Keep your heart right and so you don't lose your cool. You don't get into wrong emotions and you don't become defiled. And It's so hard in today's civilization. It's so hard for us not to be defiled. Everything's against us. Movies, songs, everything. I'm going to touch on something maybe I shouldn't. You know, the country music. It's got a catchy tune, but I've never liked it. And the reason, if you listen to the words, isn't it so immoral, most country music, Western? Isn't it mostly immoral? Somebody cheating on somebody, somebody walking out on somebody, somebody, it's so immoral. But, you know, some Christians just love it. Listen to the words. Just listen to the words and maybe you just love the lyrics. I don't know. You know the music? But if you listen to the words and you wonder why all of a sudden your marriage is in trouble, it's filled with cheating on your spouse. And you wonder what's wrong with Johnny or Susie? Why are they in premarital sex? Well, what music are they listening to? What is it telling them? And this is what Pastor Ty is trying to say. We've got to just be careful, amen? Let's be careful ourselves. Because, you know, we become defiled and then we start thinking like the world does and then we lose our patience and we don't want to be defiled. We do not want to be defiled. Husbands and wives, you know, you, you protect one another. I don't want anyone ever coming to me and say, uh, you're a wife, da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, tell you what, if you think da-da-da-da-da, you go to my wife. I'm not going to listen to you. She's my wife. I love her. If you keep talking about my wife, then you and I and my wife will sit down because I'm going to force you to see my wife. I'm just using it as an example. I know no one's doing that here with my wife, but I'm just using it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to say husbands and wives protect one another. We should not listen to somebody talk about our spouse. You should make sure that you say, I don't want to hear this. She is my wife or he is my husband. What are you trying to say? Love wouldn't do this anyway. If that person loved you, obviously they're trying to cause you trouble. But if they loved you, they would have talked to this person them and for the right motives to restore, to heal, to encourage, not ulterior motives and intent. We do not want to listen as husband and wives to somebody talking about our spouse. This will separate your relationship with your marriage. It's not healthy, it's wrong. I've counseled a lot in 34 years of ministry. And if a spouse comes to me, and I can't even tell you how many times I've counseled marriages. A lot in 34 years. But if somebody comes to me and talks about the other spouse, I'll tell you what, I give it no credence. Because there's two sides to every story. I'm going to hear the other side. And then we'll both restore our relationship, another that husband and wife. But I want to hear both sides. First of all, if they say, you know, I don't know if I should tell you this. And then I tell them, I don't think you should tell me this. Did you tell your, your wife this? Well, I don't think she would appreciate me hearing it either. Now, if you really want to say it to me, then bring your wife and let's say it together. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? I know in Theophostic, I spent two days with Ed Smith. I flew back there. I received healing. My wife did. But I'll tell you what. Theophostic, if it's done purely and properly, it never embarrasses anybody. It never tells it about anybody else. It's only for you to go back and see what triggers you. In other words, if I preach something and you don't like it, let's look in your past and say where you got a problem and been hurt. Hello? Amen? 
Because I'm just preaching the kingdom of God and truth and, and sin. And if you don't like it, then you've been hurt somewhere in your past. And I'm just triggering it. But you've got to get back to the pain in your past and get it healed. And now you can listen to truth and not be triggered. Does it make sense? That's pure theophostic. I spent two days, all day, he did a soul, just Jeannie and I, two full days privately. He says, I don't know why I do this. I don't ever do this. In fact, he's not even involved in it anymore as far as himself praying. He just trains people. But he says, it must be God that had me accept you. Two full days, just Jeannie and I privately. And he never does that now. He doesn't even get involved himself because he just teaches it. But he says, for whatever reason, I don't know even who you are. I mean, he researched me before I got there, but he says, God has told me to let you come and we'll spend two days together all day. We did. Isn't that good? Pure theophostic just focuses on you. Nobody else. Never goes to somebody else and tell them what came up in your sessions. It's none of their business. Praise the Lord. I love Jesus. I love his people. I love the church. I love families, marriages. We need to be strong and healthy, defending one another, protecting one another, and protecting relationships with one another. Let there be love. If somebody violates it, forgive them. But keep love. Keep true agape love. Amen? Forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Keep your heart right. Keep your marriages strong. Keep your children strong. It's up to you. We're not going to tell you what to watch, what not to watch. We're not going to tell you don't go to a movie theater as parents or children. It's totally up to you. It's you and God, and you've got to start to, you know, the church and the school cannot raise your children and cannot keep you free from defilement. You've got to do that yourself and with the help of God. And all of us, all of us, just because, say we do our very best, we still need to pray over ourselves. God cleanse me from just the defilement of just living in the world. Amen? <laughs> we need to do that. God cleanse me over this defilement that I went through today in the world, especially if you got caught up in something you couldn't avoid. It. Maybe, maybe there's a traffic accident. People are mad and cursing, and you just feel like, man, somebody just urinated on you. You catch what I'm saying? You go home and say, honey, will you pray for me? And you pray for one another. I just feel defiled. I just feel dirty. And let it come off you so there's nothing to grip you, and you don't have negative feelings, and now you think wrong. And if you can keep yourself undefiled, you don't go into deception. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Get the book. I'll tell you, it really helped me. Everyone in that class repented to God, and I've repented. And it's hard. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. It's only if you don't want to learn the truth and you don't want to repent. <laughs> That's the bad thing, isn't it? We're going to make mistakes till we die because we're just human. And that's the way it is. And that's okay. Your children are going to make mistakes till they die, but that's okay. You as parents are not going to throw them out for making a mistake, are you? Are you? I'm not. I'm not going to throw my kids out for making a mistake. I forgive, forgive, and love, and try, and guard my heart, because they can hurt you, but guard your heart and keep loving your kids, and never turn your back on them. God heal us. Amen? Now here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the Independence Program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, Make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us. Because we need to know that you are with us 
and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you joined hands with us, together we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248 and say a short prayer for us in your message and leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.